0: Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes
1: and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski.
0: Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe and sitting here with Tom and Doug, and we're just, uh, we're all in the... In the Lenten world, aren't we? We are. We're having a Lenten it's a experience. It's wonderful It's that time of year. You know, I, I, I would, we mentioned Lent, so we should probably talk about Lent. Yeah. Uh, and I think probably people who are listening right now are probably thinking about Lent. I'm sure they are. And, uh, and some of them are probably thinking like what I think a lot, and that is, you know, thank God Why for kids. Why did I give that for up? Kids. <laughs> well, I was going to say, thank God for kids, because they always remind me of what I was supposed yeah. to be giving up, and then I forgot. Yeah, right. They're like, Dad, didn't you give that up? Oh, Accountability, yeah, right? Yeah, it's good to have those kids. Uh, they keep me humble. They do. I love them so much. Sometimes I like want to, you know. Oh, they, they don't see miss a beat. Yeah, they don't miss a beat. Right? They catch mm-hmm. it all. They see it all. No matter what their age is. The older they get, the more sarcastic and the more they want something to <laughs> return. Right. Right. As some kind of peace offering. But the younger ones, like Dad, I thought uh, you're right. I'm sorry. And you know, it just brings me to thinking. In the middle of Lent, as we're experiencing Lent. It causes me to wonder just how seriously we take Lent. I mean, do do we actually spend time in Lent experiencing Lent? Now, I know we as Catholics all do the thing. We love to go Ash Wednesday. We love to get the ashes on our foreheads. We love to do that stuff. And then we all announce to the entire world, I'll be giving up X, Y, or Z. Right. Right? But then deep in our hearts, do we really think that matters? Do Do we actually have the you know do this equation thing that so many people do today and say are you saying that god is gonna throw me into hell if i eat a cheeseburger on friday during lent you know now (laughs) you know sometimes when i say that people will say yeah you know (laughs) and they're okay with saying that and i'm not going to say that so please don't start sending me emails but but i will say that you know those things do matter and they have to matter otherwise we wouldn't do them in church right Right, we will be called into this, this season of Lent to do this. But some so many... I mean, I myself have been challenged with this idea of, like, really, does it matter what I give up?
2: Mm-hmm. Does the, it
0: matter that I do give something up? You said this, the season of Lent. That's important. Do we realize it's a season? It's that 40 days. Mm-hmm. It's not that one thing we give up. Do, do we lose that concept of the season and what it's we're supposed mm-hmm. to be doing during that whole time before Easter? Yeah, and what is, what is Lent if it's in and of itself... It's you know it's therapeutic, it's medicinal, it's spiritual, it's all these good things for us in and of itself. But really, what it is is it's nothing without Easter, right? I mean, it's it, right. it you the know point. what Lent is specifically because it's juxtaposed for Easter and actually prepares us for Easter. Mm-hmm. Our Easter is more vibrant, right, because of this season. Of Lent, it's supposed to be preparing us for Easter if we do it. And you're exactly right. And uh, and so often people, um, I don't know, our lives are so busy. We're doing so many things, and so we carve a little time out for Jesus, and we do this little thing here, and we do this little thing there, and maybe we say we announce, we let people know at work or whatever what we're giving up for Lent, and then sometimes we fail and fall and you know we forget or whatever and that happens and that's happened to me mm-hmm. you know i have been um i've been sitting in a restaurant with food ordered on a friday of lent and look down and go i can't believe i did that right <laughs> and then you're tom you're probably going to ask me now what did you eat it <laughs> 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 did you realize your financial investment yeah, and, no, you and didn't. god wouldn't want you to uh, no i didn't you know and I would stop and go okay yeah all right so this is I, I guess i donated to the restaurant today right you know maybe i'll go back and and see if they'll give me a fish sandwich instead but but the point is i've done that and we forget and the answer is no god wouldn't throw you in the hell for forgetting no but he would call you to conversion and call you to say like okay so you forgot but you know you need to kind of think about this a little deeper maybe spend a little time and let this be an opportunity for you to to come back to lent Right. Even when we depart from Lent to come back to Lent and spend some time really making Lent meaningful. I I, I um, told this story the other day to some folks, and, uh, you know, I walked in on the first Friday of Lent, mm-hmm. and one of the parishioners from my parish was sitting there, and uh, as I walked in, you know, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I was going into McDonald's, and everyone's thinking, he's going to, what? what was, he? you know, it's like, no, I was going there because I was specifically going in for a lunch of uh, French fries and unsweetened tea. Mm-hmm. Now I'm a Diet Coke drinker, mm-hmm. and Chunky, I drink. I think yeah, is. I exactly right, and you know, in fact, that's what I gave up for Lent. I you gave up Coke, well, cokes. Good. Yeah, I gave up sodas, okay, carbonated beverages, because I've come become so accustomed that people think all you did was give up cokes, and you think that's going to save the world <laughs> <laughs> or your soul, you know you don't know how much I've become accustomed to drinking these things. Oh, yeah, I do. And I know all you you medical folks out there saying, man, you might as well be gargling acid. You know, right. Stop doing that. And I know it's probably not good for me. But, you know, I, I won't go so far as to say I'm addicted to them, but I drink a lot of yeah. Diet Coke. Yeah. So for me, it's a hard thing to stop doing that. And it actually causes me to pause. Well, anyway, I was in McDonald's to get my french fries and unsweetened tea. And I look over, and there's a parishioner. And I know who he is. He knows who I am. Right? And he sees me after having just taken a bite of his Big Mac. And he looks over at me. And do you remember the old movies when somebody would see a ghost and their eyes would get, like, really big? He did that? <laughs> his eyes got, they were like, they were they were bigger than silver dollars. You know, he's like, well, and his mouth was full. You know, it's not like he, he could, there was no way out of this one. And all I did was say, hey, how's it going? "Busted," You know, how's it going? You know. And so I kind of moved on, got my French fries, and, and uh, I did not sit down with him and go, hey, can I you know, break bread or mate with you? you know? <laughs> but, uh, but I understand. I'm hoping. I'm thinking he probably forgot. Right. But you know what? The reality is I think some people, rather than forget, they just kind of think it doesn't really matter and think that's kind of a childish thing to do to give up something for Lent. Yeah. Oh, just this one time. Well, you know, or after the... Well, I've already done it one time. I might yeah. as well. You know how many times our right. sin can grow because we, did, we, we broke that little promise to God one time, mm-hmm. and then pretty soon it's a flood again. Mm-hmm. So you rationalize it away or right. justify right. it. Well, it's only done two times. Yeah. Well, it's only six. <laughs> yeah. but it's only... Well, wow, it's been a lot of times. <laughs> Bless me, Father, for I have sinned, you know. Mm-hmm. And I guess the Lent can be the same way with us if we don't really understand what Lent is. You know, it, it caused me to want to read again a little... Uh, uh, little piece of scripture here we're going to read out of mark and you know it was recently read at mass and i love mark because he's so just straight to the point Mm -hmm. mark is just you know he doesn't he doesn't mess around with a lot of detail Mm -hmm. he says what what needs to be said and um we read about the temptation of jesus in the desert and this is mark chapter one we're starting at uh verse 12 says at once the spirit drove him out into the desert and he remained in the desert for forty days, tempted by Satan. He was among wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. Then it goes on to say, after John had been arrested, it says, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And, repent and believe in the gospel, by the way, is one of the uh, formulas that can be said at Ash Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Right? Is remember you dust and unto dust you shall return. Or repent and believe in the gospel comes here uh, from our scriptures. And, you know, straight to the point. So this, this concept right here is Lent. Mm-hmm. Right, It's Lent in a nutshell. It's Mark saying this is what Lent is, folks. Mm-hmm. And you stop and think, well, what, what was happening there? And there's something really profound going on that I want to talk about a little bit about as we talk about how our, our Lenten experience is going. Is to talk about, well, how did Jesus prepare for what he was going to do? Now, conventional wisdom tells us, and we all have moms. Do each of you have? You, you've got a, right, got you're a ready mom. To, right, you've got a We all have moms. And moms, you know, like when we were growing up and we are getting ready to go to school and we had that big test. We stayed up all night studying and we had the big test. It was in spelling test or math test or whatever when grade school. Or we're getting ready for the big game Saturday morning and it's Friday night and we get ready for the big game and we get up Saturday morning. What does mom want you to do? She doesn't say, hey, uh, here, have this Twinkie. And uh, go out there and do the best you can. No, she cooks this big old meal with the bacon and the eggs and the hash browns and the grits and the whatever. Something Something's going to stick to your ribs. Yeah, fill you up. Yeah, fill you up to to, to prepare you Mm -hmm. for the big test. Have the energy to.
2: Right.
0: Right? The test of your willpower, the test of your strength, the test of of your knowledge, the test of whatever it's going to be. You know, you need to be prepared for that. Mm -hmm. You know, Olympians spend years and years and years preparing by building their bodies up, building up uh, their strength, their, their muscles, their stamina, eating properly. Mm-hmm. And it's what goes into their body, and they prepare themselves, and they do not do the wrong thing with their body in preparation before they go for the big test, the big mm-hmm. to go for that gold, to go for the medal. And, you know, the reality is what's so funny is Jesus, then you'd think before he started his public ministry. Some bacon and eggs. Yeah, get him some bacon <laughs> and eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't do it. You know, he, he would have a big breakfast, yeah, and Mary it. would say, Jesus, now don't go out there preaching right. until you've had a breakfast. <laughs> sit down here right. at this table you built, uh, very sturdy, very nice table, <laughs> but sit down here and uh, and eat. Right. No, it's not what he does. He goes out into the desert. He goes out, he leaves his comfort zone. He leaves and goes out away where there are no McDonald's, Mm -hmm. right? There are no rest stops. There are no, uh, there's no oasis. There's no beautiful trees. He goes into the desert where he lets the devil tempt him, Mm. right? The devil tempts Jesus in the desert in the worst possible situation. And what's amazing is that prepares him. Mm-hmm. And that's a lesson for us during Lent to say, well, wait a second. What Lent is about is us going out in the desert, spiritually going out in the desert, right, to, to, to prepare ourselves for Easter, to prepare ourselves for God's mission, his will in our lives. We have to go out into the desert. We have to deny ourselves mm-hmm. of, of the, com- the creature comforts, the things that we've we've come to rely on, the Diet Cokes that I have every single uh, hour of every day reaching into that refrigerator saying, hey, I need another, ah, the the feel of that cold can on my fingers, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. ah, that feels so good, you sure. know. And I've even done that during this Lent, reached into the refrigerator and felt that cold can. <laughs> right? Did
2: the kids catch you, or did the kids catch uh, well, yourself. Well, I
0: didn't. Do, I didn't drink, but back away from the refrigerator. But, but, but it, it, it's been so uh, so habitual that I would reach in and, sure. and, and grab this can. But the point is, I, I don't drink it. But the point is to eliminate that temptation from our lives, right? To eliminate that opportunity for temptation is to actually allow temptation to be there and to be present, to face that temptation, right? To take temptation's hold from you, to take the sin from you, you have to allow yourself, right? You deny yourself, you empty yourself, and then what happens? God fills you. Mm -hmm. His grace, his blessings, they fill you. They prepare you. They strengthen you. God's grace strengthens strengthens you and prepares you for whatever is going to come your way. And not just during Lent, not just preparing us for Easter and the Easter sacraments, the Easter mysteries and the and the glories of Easter, right? Really for our entire life. Right. Sure. Well, that's powerful. Now, nice. we're going to talk more about the temptation of Jesus in the desert and also our own Lenten experience. And just a minute before we do that, I want to remind folks at home we have a great website, www.thecatholiccafe.com. But also, I'd love for you to email me. Send me an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And with that, I'm not going to have a Diet Coke. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back.
1: I'm Bester Zimski. And this is another great moment in church history. The teaching on the role, purpose, and value of the office of priest has been constant in the church for its nearly 2,000 year existence. The priest, even more than being simply defined by his sacramental functionality, acts in the person of Christ and calls each of us to offer ourselves fully in union with the one sacrifice of Christ. While many may think that the priesthood is a modern invention of the Catholic Church, it most assuredly is not. The writings of the early church fathers, those first Christians who were instrumental in protecting, nurturing, and spreading the one true faith, Bear this out. St. Ignatius of Antioch, an early bishop and martyr, wrote around 110 AD about the distinct threefold ministry of the church. He said, Let everyone respect the deacons as they would respect Jesus Christ, and just as they respect the bishop as a type of father, and the presbyters or priest as the council of God and college of apostles. Without these, it cannot be called a church. St. Cyprian of Carthage in 250 A.D. had this to say about the priesthood. For if Jesus Christ our Lord and God is himself the chief priest of God the Father and has first offered himself as a sacrifice to the Father and has commanded this to be done in commemoration of himself, certainly the priest truly discharges the office of Christ who imitates that which Christ did." In his great work on the priesthood, written in the fourth century, St. John Chrysostom wrote, What priests do here below, God ratifies above, and the master confirms the sentence of his servants. Then, just a few years later, St. Ambrose, when teaching on the authority of priests to hear confessions, tells us, It seemed likewise impossible for sins to be forgiven through penance. Yet Christ granted even this to his apostles, and by his apostles it has been transmitted to the office of priests. Finally, St. Augustine, when explaining why he clung to the Catholic faith, said, The succession of priests, from the very see of the apostle Peter, to whom our Lord, after his resurrection, gave the charge of feeding his sheep, up to the present episcopate, keeps me here. These are but a few of the many, many quotes from the early fathers, which reveal that the ministry of the priesthood was, is, and always will be an awesome gift of Christ to his church. I'm Bess Zimski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon
0: Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, and we're talking about Lent and the temptation of Jesus in the desert, Mm -hmm. you know, and how important it is for us to be in the desert for 40 days, these 40 days of Lent, oh, Lord. Got to imitate him. Who? Jesus. Oh yeah, we got to do, exactly. That's a good point, Tom. Thanks yeah. for that's why Tom is here to yeah. remind me. This show is about Jesus. The obvious. No, exactly right, Tom. And, and it's not easy. It's hard. But here's an important thing. This is something else. You know, we read these scriptures, mm-hmm. and we hear the important stuff. I think that Jesus was in a desert. Mm-hmm. That he was tempted by Satan, and then we also hear you know repent and believe in the gospel. So we hear those things and we think that's what it's all about. And it is about that. But there's underlying this idea. Well, what what about our desert? Mm-hmm. but you say imitate him and how sometimes it's hard to do but what I would point out I think here is how something we we read over so often mm-hmm. in this particular passage mm-hmm. but it says right here it says he was among the wild beasts and the angels ministered to him and hmm. think about that for a second jesus was in the desert and yet he allowed the angels to minister to him mm-hmm. i don't know what that means I mean, I don't know what they did. Did they bring him Diet Cokes? (laughs) Probably not. But were they there? Well, it
2: gets to what you were talking about earlier, about uh, God filling him up.
0: Exactly. I think you're exactly right. And I think what the deal is, is the angels ministering to him was the presence of his father there. Right. The answer to his prayers. Amen. The trust. Right. The, The angels ministering to him... Is what we—that's—that's that's something out of this as we engage in our Lenten experience. So many people say, "Man, it's just so hard to deny ourselves and to not eat meat and to not do these things and to give something up and to go into all this spiritual, you know, time of uh, of fast and abstinence and what does all this mean?" And just sort of we—we we don't have all this music at church anymore. Why are we so dour and sad and you know somber? And you stop and think, you know how bad, I don't know if I can get through all this. And then you start thinking about this idea of redemptive suffering in our lives and start thinking, well, I can't really do that. It's too hard to do that. But even Jesus realized the presence of God needed to fill him. Mm -hmm. And he allowed his angels to minister to him. Mm -hmm. And that we need to realize that in our fast, however long it is, in our desert, in our Lenten experience, you know, for the 40 some odd days, but then also our entire lives when we might be in a desert. Mm-hmm. We need to allow the angels to minister to us. And, and it just brings to mind this idea and understanding that we all have angels. Now, a lot of people take that for granted. You talk to an adult male, even a Catholic, and say, hey, uh, who's your angel? You got an angel?
2: I look at you like, like whatever. Yeah,
0: whatever. Yeah, and that, that like a child's story? You know? right. Isn't that like a little storybook, <laughs> one of those big, thick things? Uh, you know, board books that, you know, you read right. to, you know, two-year-olds right. about angels. And it's like, well, they'll believe in angels. And we like to believe in those angels. We see in the movies that are like bolts of lightning or, you know, blowing things up and whatnot. And it's like, yeah, I want one <laughs> of those angels. Clarence. <laughs> yeah. Or Clarence, you know, from yeah. It's a Wonderful Life. There you go. But Clarence is more like what we need to realize that we actually do have. Yeah. Our Catholic teaching tells us that we have guardian angels, each of us. Mm-hmm. Now, and and, and, and I don't want to make this clear. That we don't have a guardian angel, kind of like when you go into a restaurant and you've got a waiter, mm-hmm. right? That they're they're there to serve you, mm-hmm. to make your experience pleasurable, mm-hmm. right? To bring your food to make it all come to fruition, but they also have other tables. Mm-hmm. Rarely do you go in unless you're very wealthy. <laughs> rarely do you go into a restaurant and sit down and you and you've got the Personal undivided waiter. attention of that waiter. Mm-hmm. They've got several other tables to deal with. And we might think that about our angels, and that's not the truth. The truth is, there's an angel. Just for you. That just for you. Mm-hmm. That when you were created, there was an angel of sight. There's a guardian angel. Mm-hmm. And you need to allow that guardian angel to minister to you, you know, especially during this Lenten season in preparation for the, the, the Easter sacraments, the Easter glory.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But really, all your life to understand those times of temptation, those times of trial, those times of grief, and even those times of joy that you've got someone there by your side. In the spiritual realm, not just God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And that's awesome mm-hmm. that we would have this Trinitarian God mm-hmm. constantly aware of what's going on in our life and wanting the best for us and, and, and sharing their, their mercy, their love, their grace on us upon, constantly, mm-hmm. right? But we also have this angel assigned to us to minister to us. I just think that's neat when you read that little passage. Um, you know, in, in scripture, and, in, and we read over it so often. Well, you know, the angels ministered to him. Mm-hmm. Now, my other thing I like about that is the Greek word that ministered is trans, uh, translated from is diakonia. Which oh there you go right (laughs) I'm a deacon that's where the word deacon comes from you know and that's why deacons are ministering to God about us Doug it's about him that's That's right right. we're bringing God's presence to people's lives every day in our service of Christ in our service to the people of God thank you deacon John. yeah and that's so wonderful I want everyone (laughs) to know that so if you're looking for an angel and you can't really seem to sense your guardian angel find find a deacon deacon. (laughs) but all that to say this Lenten experience for us is is important and and I think this idea of giving things up. Is important, and a lot of people play it off, and a lot of people have said, "You know, we're all we're all mature adults here, so I, you know, giving up chocolate, giving up Coke, that's kind of silly." Really, what we need to be doing is is doing something like adding prayer time. Well, that's good. I'm not saying that's That's wrong. wrong. Oh, there's nothing wrong with that. Or giving alms, you know, giving um, our, our 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 resources, our our financial um etcetera et giving money giving you know giving alms helping the poor when they need help right well that's that's good but that's not the same as fasting that's not the same as as giving something up they're in addition to and if you if you read the scriptures again which i hope we all do and we understand lent lent we're not just called to give something up right we're called to prayer fasting and abstinence to all of those things to add prayer Right? Focus prayer. Every night, my family gets together, and no matter how long the day has been, I had a late night, night last night. We were at a dinner party, weren't we, mm-hmm. last night? And it went, went kind of late. I didn't get home till about 11 o'clock, and we get home, and I'm driving. I'm thinking, all I'm thinking about is, I'm going to lay my head on that pillow. <laughs> right? It's been a long day, long, busy day. And my wife says, okay, kids, mm-hmm. let's get together. We're going to do the rosary. And, we, and I'm thinking, and my first gut thought was, Really? Do we really? Does God need this rosary right now? Mm-hmm. And really, I needed that rosary right then. We stopped. We did a rosary. It took about 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. The kids saying the rosary is beautiful. Very invigorating to hear mm-hmm. little kids doing Hail Marys. It's just so beautiful. You know, and so we did that. We, but it's something we do during Lent. It's a little Lenten offering of prayer. Mm-hmm. Right? We put in a little extra money. When we have it, we don't have a lot of money in our family. And yet, what we have, we're willing to share with others. And at Lent, it's especially important that. That not only the prayer, not only the abstinence, but uh, you know the the, the fasting, the alms giving, rare prayer, fasting, alms giving—these are things that are called in scriptures to give.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But we often look at Lent as I gave up chocolate, right? I gave up whatever. Well, and that to me is like that's not that important, right? If that's all you're doing, if that's your Lenten experience, is that we got to go deeper. Mm-hmm. We got to make that that cho- what did you give up this this
2: one adult beverages
0: okay that's a good one yeah that's a good one Doug where, where are you at if you want to you don't you don't have to share with us I gave up humility yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> you are such a humble person that's gonna be difficult for you it's yeah, true uh, yeah. so it's a big one um, no I gave up uh, just personal things that uh, that waste time I'll, I'll put it that way where I could be doing other things that are constructive, or either for me or for others. So you made a conscious effort that when you were getting ready to uh, just kill some time, watching the television or right. doing something silly, playing a video game or whatever, I know you're not a silly video game player, but the whole idea is you'd now then take that time and repurpose that time. So you are given up time that you would have... I've given up my personal time. Yeah, well, that's again, that's beautiful. Um, it's, it's not as as much as giving up diet coke i'll, I'll say but i will say that uh, again w- what we do it's v- it's very personal yeah. and i don't think it's wrong for you to tell people what you're doing but i think it's important for you to realize that you're not just going you're not jumping through a hoop and checking off you just getting on a diet there's a reason exactly. it's supposed to be building you up and denying That's yourself right. that right. Yeah. by tearing yourself down or allowing yourself to be torn down you're actually allowing God to come into your life right. to give you the grace that you need to get through life, but right. especially to help you understand what a glorious Easter every Easter is, mm-hmm. wow. right? So these are these are powerful things for us to consider, and, and I, I know that you know it kind of goes against the grain mm-hmm. of most people, and they kind of don't take all this stuff seriously, but people say, you don't really still give up something, do you? Wow. I, the first thing I do is say, no, absolutely I do, and this is why. Because right. I think if we don't, we fall into that trap. And you know, it's even, it's, and I know we're talking about Lent specifically, but the reality is a lot of people don't understand that really every Sunday, the reason why every Sunday is a holy day of obligation is because every Sunday is a little Easter, mm-hmm. that we're actually celebrating right. Easter every single Sunday. It's a day of resurrection, right? The day of new life, the day of new beginning. You know, its it's the eighth day. It's the day of new creation. It's a wonderful experience. Which means that if every Sunday is a little Easter You gotta be there. Well, it also means that every Friday
2: is a, a good Friday is a
0: little good Friday, good Friday. That's right. Which means that we this is why the church used to always abstain from meat from every Friday. Right. And some people still do including our family, still do this every Friday. It makes it easier. You don't forget during Lent if you're never eating meat on Fridays. Right. Right. I will say that's 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 a good thing for me to, to help my memory. Sure. But giving up something all our lives denying ourselves so that god can fill us that will make our lives holier and that will make our relationship with jesus stronger and it's going to make that that easter mystery so much more powerful when we spend that lenten time let's pray in the father and the son the holy spirit Amen. amen heavenly father your son suffered willingly that he might grant us a place with you for all eternity glorifying you in heaven Help us in our daily walk to deny ourselves, to take up our cross, to follow you willingly. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com.